Hi, best friends. I'm Tabby. And I'm Caitlin. And today, in this installment of Poetry Corner, we are discussing select works by Amanda Gorman. Very exciting. Um, She is an up-and-coming voice here in our nation, little political activist, our poet laureate. Yeah, so let's talk about Amanda Gorman. So first of all, she has a website that you can go to, theamandagorman.com. And she's got a little bio here. It says she is the youngest inaugural poet in U.S. history, as well as an award-winning writer and cum laude graduate of Harvard University, where she studied sociology. Pop off, Queen. Wow. Um, She's written for the New York Times, and she has three books forthcoming with Penguin Random House. She was born and raised in Los Angeles and began writing when she was really young. And... Oh my goodness. Now she's she's gotten invitations to the Obama White House and to perform for Lin-Manuel Miranda, Al Gore, Secretary Hillary Clinton, Malala Yousafzai, and others, it says. Others. I feel like Lin-Manuel Miranda is kind of the outlier of that group. I know, right? She's also performed multiple commissioned poems for CBS This Morning. She's spoken at events, including the Library of Congress and Lincoln Center. Uh, she received a genius grant from OZY Media, uh, recognition from Scholastic Inc., Young Arts, Glamour Magazine, College Women of the Year Awards, and the Webby Awards. In 2017, Amanda Gorman was appointed the first ever National Youth Poet Laureate by Urban Word. And okay. that's a program that supports youth poets uh, in more than 60 cities, regions, and states nationally. And she's also the recipient of the Poets and Writers Barnes and Noble Writers for Writers Award. <laughs> Hello, Poets and Writers Barnes and Noble Writers for Writers Award. They are writers. I said they what write. I said. <laughs> she is also the youngest board member of 826 National, the largest youth writing network in the United States. So all of her credentials are way above me. I, yeah. I don't know what any of I could never are, dream to have those. But they sound extremely important. Also, I feel like that Barnes & Noble's one should have been read in like an NPR voice. She is the recipient of the Poets and Writers Barnes and Noble Writers for Writers Award. <laughs> <laughs> so we both chose a poem to cover today. Um, they are a little longer, so we want to take some time to really dive deep into them and not, you know, hit you over the head with this. I did also have an honorable mention because I thought it was just really good. But my first one that I chose was We Rise. Um, So she actually performed this um, at the Variety's Power of Women event presented by Lifetime and chose this poem just as a way for her to get her message across about like women's strength and power. Um, So she's a very girl's girl, which I love that. Absolutely. Um, And this poem, I don't know, It when I read it the first time, I was like, oh, like made me a little emotional. And I can never read it as well as she is, but here we go. No, none of us can. I'm not a poet. Today, everyone's eyes are on us as we rise. Today's the day women are paving the way, speaking our truth to power. In this hour, it is our duty to find the brave beauty in rooting for other women, so they too know we are not victims. We are not victors, the greatest predictors of progress. We press for change, a new dawn drawn into the open. By women whose silence is broken, we push on and act on. Our responsibility to bring visibility 
to the most vulnerable, to bring freedom to those who didn't have a choice, to bring volume to those who are using their voice. We clear a woman's way. We don't fear the day. She steps into the light because we are with her every step of the fight. There's a lot at stake, but making a difference always takes great courage. So we encourage women who dare to stare, fear square in the face, women who have always shown that when one woman stands up, she's never alone. We know that when she steps up to a right or wrong, she will fight to bring others along to the network, into the conversation, working together to change communities and nations for generations. Our world made all the stronger, the longer women are able to sit at the table. It is her strength, her story, and her spirit, which inspires other vital voices to speak up when they hear it. So let it be said that light will be shed when our world is led by leaders ahead. Of the headlines, the voices who are first on the front line, these women who stand up, knowing the wind, not by where it is, but where it is blowing. Leading worlds, not by how society is, but where change is going. We all leap forward when one woman tries, when she defies with her rallying cries. Here lies, but does not rest, the best of tested women who call us all to rise. Speaking the truth in its finest hour, to their own power, every single woman is entitled. But it's how they empower others that makes women's voices so vital. That is so beautiful. Isn't it? I was like, oh, that is so good because it kind of encapsulates each type of person. You know, you have some people who are like on the front lines. They're the loudest. They're speaking out about everything. But then you have others who kind of work behind the scenes who um, are leading by action or by example. Um, Mm -hmm. That more like quiet support system. Yes. And so it's it takes everybody. It takes a whole community to support each other in order for it to work. Yeah. And that's why I like the there's a line towards the beginning where she says uh, to find the brave beauty and rooting for other women. Like the whole yes. point is like we're a team. We're a yes. big old team. Women supporting women is the only way we will get anywhere. Kind of the breakdown on this one. Um, I don't, her structure is always very interesting because she doesn't really use like any one particular like style um Mm -hmm. this one's called block form um there's no specific rhyme scheme but there is some like internal rhyme that she'll throw in there um which is really fun to like say out loud yeah it makes it it sound amazing yes but other than that really she uses like an afro or like repetition um with the beginning of her lines like she today in um usually is how she'll start each of her lines or verses like some alliteration nothing like super duper crazy but for the most part i feel like it's really just meant to be like a statement mhm that's something unique about amanda's poetry style is like her All of her poetry is like some kind of political or activist topic. It's usually like a call to action. And there's not a whole lot of like vague, like room for interpretation. It's like, no, the meaning is very direct. And I really like that about her poetry. She's like, I meant what I said. Don't take it any other way. (laughs) And she's like, I will say it again in multiple different poems about similar topics. The next poem that we're going to talk about is called Earth Rise, and you'll see the style is very similar to the one that you just read, but this one is about climate change. On Christmas Eve 1968, astronaut Bill Anders snapped a photo of the Earth as Apollo 8 orbited the moon. 
Those three guys were surprised to see from their eyes our planet looked like an Earthrise, a blue orb hovering over the moon's gray horizon with deep oceans and silver skies. It was our world's first glance at itself, our first chance to see a shared reality, a declared stance and a commonality, a glimpse into our planet's mirror, and as threats drew nearer, our own urgency became clearer, as we realized that we hold nothing dearer than this floating body we call home. We've known that we're caught in the throes of climactic changes, some say, will just go away, while some simply pray to survive another day. For it is the obscure, the oppressed, the poor, who, when the disaster is declared done, still suffer more than anyone. Climate change is the single greatest challenge of our time. Of this, you're certainly aware. It's saddening, but I cannot spare you from knowing an inconvenient fact because it's getting the facts straight that gets us to act and not to wait. So I tell you this not to scare you, but to prepare you, to dare you, to dream a different reality. Where despite disparities, we all care to protect this world, this riddled blue marble, this little true marvel, to muster the verve and the nerve to see how we can serve our planet. You don't need to be a politician to make it your mission to conserve, to protect, to preserve that one and only home that is ours, to use your unique power to give next generations the planet they deserve. We are demonstrating, creating, advocating, we heed this inconvenient truth because we need to be anything but lenient with the future of our youth. And while this is a training and sustaining the future of our planet, there is no rehearsal. The time is now, now, now. Because the reversal of harm and protection of a future so universal should be anything but controversial. So Earth, pale blue dot, we will fail you not. Just as we chose to go to the moon, we know it's never too soon to choose hope. We choose to do more than cope. With climate change, we choose to end it. We refuse to lose. Together we do this and more, not because it's very easy or nice, but because it is necessary. Because with every dawn we carry, the weight of the fate of the celestial body orbiting a star. And as heavy as that weight sounded, it doesn't hold us down, but it keeps us grounded, steady, ready because an environmental movement of this size is simply another form of an earth rise. To see it, close your eyes. Visualize that all of us leaders in this room and outside of these walls or in the halls, all of us change makers are in a spacecraft, floating like a silver raft in space, and we see the face of our planet anew. We relish the view. We witness its round green and brilliant blue which inspires us to ask deeply, wholly, what can we do? Open your eyes. Know that the future of this wise planet lies right in sight, right in all of us trust this earth uprising. All of us bring light to exciting solutions never tried before, for it is our hope that implores us at our uncompromising core to keep rising up for an earth more than worth fighting for. That one is so very long, but so... It's so good. Powerful. The end of it almost sounds like a prayer. It which does. Which I think is really cool, yeah. It's like the the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, like exactly. that kind of cadence, yeah. I really love a lot of things about this poem. She uses, you know, that similar thing with the other poem that you were talking about, where she's got, you know, the inconsistent rhyming patterns throughout, but it makes it sound really cool and draws attention to the more um, 
passionate parts of the poem that move yeah. forward. Um, she also consistently uses enjambment throughout all of her poems, which is, of course, one of our favorite tools. Oh, yeah, I did about. not cover enjambment. Uh, but she does do that quite a bit. Enjambment is when a line kind of goes into the next line without stopping, and and it kind of separates them into two potentially different interpretations of the same thought. She also uses repetition, beginning each line with we or to. She kind of uses the same tools in all of her poems, but it's beautiful. And then also, one of my favorite lines is, because this entire thing is called Earthrise, which, you know, is kind of like, it's the opposite of a sunrise. Like when we're on Earth, we see the sunrise. But she was saying when they were in space on the moon, they saw the earth rise. And I also really like at the end when she says, trust this earth uprising, because uprising, of course, is like, you know, finally taking a stand for something. But it calls back to the fact that she was saying that the earth was rising but now it's an uprising. <laughs> it's an uprising. You yeah. know, you know what I'm saying. I, I get what you're saying. I get what she did saying. it. She executed it. Perfectly. I loved it. I just can't talk about it. I just, I think what I like most about her home so far, like from what I've seen, is that um, they're all like call to actions, but they're all in such like a positive way. She's not yeah. like pointing fingers at anybody. She's not like placing blame. It's yeah. more just like, hey, this is where we are, but this is what we can do to fix exactly. it. Exactly. And she even like in this poem, there's explicitly a line that's like, I'm not saying this to scare you, but to prepare yeah. you and like motivate you to say, we don't have to let this continue to go on unchecked. Right. And it kind of calls back to... um the poem that she did for the inauguration, um, it, it was all about like unifying the nation and like us all being one people instead of, you know, split into different factions, different whatever. And so yes. I don't Which know. I, I just think that really needed to hear. Yeah. I just think that is so positive and, um, it really, I think that's why she was chosen to be like a voice of our nation. Yeah. She truly is like a gem. We're a unworthy. Gem. <laughs> We're unworthy. So my honorable mention, it is actually from her book, Call Us What What We Carry, um, which I really would love to purchase. It's just her book of um, her poems and her mm -hmm. different works and stuff. But again, this one, it, uh, it kind of reads like the Lord's Prayer as well. And so that's why I chose it because ah. it, it, the way it read was really cool. Grant us this day, bruising the make of us. At times, over half our bodies are not our own. Our persons made vessel for non-human cells. To them, we are a boat of a being, essential, a country, a continent, a planet, a human. Microbiome is all the writhing forms on and inside this body, drafted under our life. We are not me, we are we. Call us what we carry. How cool. Oh my God. And so I think that's like the first one in the book of poems that she has, but I don't know, like... It's just um, different than the rest of them. I really like that one. Yeah, because I've only really seen her her more like activism inspired mm -hmm. poetry. I which this one has like undertones like of that nature. Mm -hmm. um, but I really like that it's just kind of implying we are just so so much more than just ourselves. Like mm -hmm. even as an individual, you are not only yourself. 
I really like that. And I think there's a lot of interpretations with this one too, because I, it draws like to maybe those who are overlooked or are oppressed or have been, you know, Mm made -hmm. to do things they don't do. So, um, I think it's a call to like women or to people of color, to groups who, um, are like underprivileged. And so I thought that was really neat too. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that same like undertone of uprising, like in Earthrise No. and in the first one that you read, the We Rise. Oh my goodness. They're all kind of Yeah, similar. there's a theme. <laughs> Listen, she's <laughs> a genius. um, but that does wrap up our time with Miss Amanda Gorman. We, again, really, really enjoyed her work. So I'm super excited to purchase her book of poems um, called The Things That We Carry, or sorry, Calls What We Carry. But join us next week as we discuss People We Meet on Vacation by my girl, Emily Henry. I'm so excited. You know that we love Emily Henry. And the week after we discuss that book, we are actually going to be discussing in a mini-sode Emily Henry's new book coming out in 2024. Um, it's called Funny Story. And then we're I'm also so going excited. to, oh my God, me too. But we're also going to chit chat about the movie adaptations that are being made and kind of, you know, check the progress on those because that's something that I am just ecstatic about as Heavily well. invested in. Yeah, so go ahead, start reading People We Meet on Vacation. We'll talk to you next time. And as always, Let's get lit.